0: Welcome in. It's the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Podcast as we near the end of February, and it is great to have you with us alongside Chris Dortch of Blue Ribbon. I'm Kevin Ingram. Coming up on our show today, a little something different for you. For people who love uh, stats and info, whether it's basketball or any other sport, Sean Foreman from Sports Reference is going to be our guest. We're going to talk to him about the websites and and how they've uh, developed in terms of basketball for what is uh, certainly known for being the go-to place for folks who like to read about baseball and and get stats on that sport, so uh, looking forward that. Uh, Sean will be joining us here in just a bit. Chris, what's going on, man?
1: I'm just trying to process this week. It's it's been as weird a week off the court as it typically is on the court this time of year when upsets can be the norm. But gosh, you you talk about the situation with Alabama's Brandon Miller, the shootings at Michigan State, which were so horrific uh chris mooney the longtime richmond coach uh, having to pack it in for heart surgery i'm no uh, cardiologist but uh it sounds pretty serious uh aneurysm and his ascending ordea oh wow aorta that freaks me out just to talk about
0: it. yeah chris mooney
1: and pronounce it
0: yeah exactly uh, <laughs> i'm glad you handled that one and not me uh, i'm not a doctor and i don't don't play one on the podcast uh, yeah, Chris Mooney, uh, all, all the best to him. He's been head coach at Richmond for a long time, had a lot of success 18 there. 18 years, yeah. yeah and I, He's uh, the
1: dean of A-10 coaches.
0: Is he really? I, didn't, I did not know he that. He is, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I did the radio show for many years with Frank Wycheck, who played for the uh, the Tennessee Titans and was from Philadelphia. And uh, I think he knew Chris Mooney from when they were kids. Uh, they, they've they been buddies for a long time and always hear about Chris Mooney. And uh, we actually went there with Belmont one time. We played at Richmond and uh, I've, I've seen his teams uh, play at Vanderbilt as well. So, yeah, all the best to him. Hopefully uh, a speedy recovery and be back on the sidelines when next season rolls around. Chris, uh, unfortunately, the uh, the story and situation with Brandon Miller in Alabama—they they've been the story of the week for the wrong reasons. Uh, a couple of days ago, police testimony came out about his potential involvement in that fatal shooting that saw his teammate Darius Miles and a friend of his charged with murder. Nate Oates came out with uh, an original statement in a press conference setting that sounded bad and tone-deaf, but he's since apologized a couple different times. Uh, They they put out a written statement, and then he uh, talked about it some more after the game at South Carolina, which, as we record this, was last night. And then Brandon Miller went to Columbia, and with the taunts of the South Carolina student section throughout the night, he scored 41 points including the winning layup in the last second of overtime. And Alabama got out of there with a win 78, 76. And the school put out a statement just a few hours before the game saying that they continue to cooperate fully, uh, that Brandon Miller is not considered a suspect, uh, only a cooperative witness. The whole thing's a really ugly scene, whatever the, his legal involvement is or isn't. It's hard to even process all of that. and, And, whether he belongs on the court or not And uh, whatever you think about it all he was fantastic in the game in South Carolina
1: yeah that's the the old adage don't don't uh, poke a hornet's nest uh I think the taunts just got him more fired up I you know I was just around that kid last week his whole family had come to see him play at Tennessee and you know he was cordial to fans uh and I've I've heard he's a really nice kid Uh, you know as Social media is such a double-edged sword. You know, you, you can uh, get connected with old high school buddies, as I have here in, in recent months, or you can just get pilloried uh, with people that are going out there and, and, and without being fact-checked. And from what I understand, Brandon Miller uh, had no idea there was this handgun in his car. He came and met his teammate. And the teammate handed it off to the to the uh, person who actually did the shooting. And that's what we know. Uh, for, based on everything I've heard about Brandon Miller, I, I would be shocked, absolutely stunned if, if he had took part in in, in, in any uh, intentional uh, crime like that. Uh, both his parents went to Alabama. His dad, the big old dude, played football there. And, and you know, from what all I've heard he. It was raised right. Uh, I'd be shocked, but you know, again, it, it's it's just Nate Oates said it originally, wrong place, wrong time, and even though that was insensitive, there's some truth to that. You just got to be so careful when you're a kid like Brandon Miller. I mean, somebody says, you know, you see a like a handgun, you're like, adios, amigos, uh, I'm out of here and a guy like that who's probably going to be the number two pick in the draft, or at least he was, man, you just got to stay out of nightclubs and and places where you can get in trouble. And, and, uh, but from what I understand, I don't think he had any uh, in, intentional acts there. And, and I hope he'll be okay. Cause as you said, he, he's a great player. Uh, Tennessee bottled him up pretty well the night I saw him, but, he was a force. They don't win that game at South Carolina without him. And you would think he would have been in a funk, but if that's his way of being in a funk, uh, he's going to make a bunch of money.
0: Yeah. He's from here in Nashville. He's uh, from Antioch. He played at Cane Ridge. Yeah. A really highly touted guy out of high school and, um, it's had a great season for Alabama and probably headed toward certainly first team All-American and maybe National Player of the Year. But yeah, there are calls for him to be kicked off the team immediately, and for NATO's to be fired and, and, and all of those things. But you gotta think, at least you would hope that the administration at Alabama and, and everybody involved there would have taken a really close look at the whole thing and, and considered all the testimony and, and, and tried to sort through the facts and figure out what was true and what wasn't true. There were reports right. that, that Brandon Miller and, and, and the uh, other team made had driven their cars and blocked him in. And, and that was part of the yeah. shooting too. And and I, I don't know if that's actually true or not based on uh, what's come out since then, certainly from for Miller's lawyer and others, but it's just an ugly scene. And at the end of the day, the, the saddest part is that that young woman who's a mom lost her life. And
1: no question about that. Man. And, and, the, the, the thing that, I don't know if blame is the right word, but I wonder why, you know, Alabama knew about this from the get-go. And I wonder why they just didn't go ahead, mention it, and be done with it. Uh, because, like I said, I, d- despite the social media comments to the contrary and the things, I'd heard that business about him blocking uh, the woman's car with his car. I just cannot believe that. And I really hope it's not true. But if I were Bama and I knew that the kid, you know, had the handgun in his car, which he apparently did not know he had, I might have said that from the get-go. I, I really would have. Let's I, I just get it out there. Get out in front and, of it. Uh, yeah, because, you know, the other kid was a walk-on that didn't play. And, you know, he's immediately, you know, kicked off the team. Uh but a, but a superstar wasn't so you leave yourself open for that sort of criticism uh but yeah it's it's a sad scene and and it, like you said it it resulted in the death of an innocent young woman who, who had a child and and that's that's the real tragedy here
0: uh, on a happier note uh let's talk about the teams that are up at the at the top of the rankings along with Alabama and the more i watch of Kansas the more i think they may have a great chance of repeating as national champions this year they they certainly improved as the season goes along just kind of have that look and they have a great coach obviously and bill self what do you think
1: you know i couldn't believe it i was looking at the net this morning they have 13 quad one wins 13
0: a lot and, of teams uh, haven't even played 13 quad one games much less have that yeah, many i know
1: wins. i mean tennessee which is a a darling of the metrics even still after some heartbreaking defeats uh on the road and one at home they're only five and five in quad one games. So they've played less than Kansas has won. And part of that's because obviously the league they play in the big 12, but you know, Kansas is a, obviously a Mount Rushmore program that can get all these marquee games early in the season. And one of them was against Tennessee, Tennessee beat Kansas. And, uh, uh, wow. Uh, yeah, Kansas does seem to have a chance and you know what's funny everybody it, this is so funny it, it's always late december early january fire john calipari and now you know uh they're back where they where they should be so you just never can i'm glad the ncaa uses the entire season's body of work i'm glad it I don't want the tournament to be expanded because I want the regular season to matter. Yeah. And, and it does matter your whole body of work. So when Kansas lost to Tennessee and didn't look very good doing it, nobody would have said, Oh, I think they can repeat. But now a couple of months later, they're 13 and five and quad one wins. I think a lot, a lot of people think they can repeat. So it's just, you got to let the season play out. And that's what, our buddy Joe Lenardi does so well. He he says, look, everything I do is just a snapshot of today. And it's no predictor of what could happen. It's what would happen right now. And I think that, you know, it it provides a service because it can show you what teams have to do and uh, what they need to do or what they've already done and, and kind of where they stand. Chris, another
0: really interesting team to take a look at out of the ACC is NC State. They have 22 wins. They're 12 and 6 in the ACC, only a couple games out of first place. They beat Wake Forest last time out 90 to 74 and are projected to be uh, somewhere around an 8 seed for the NCAA tournament. They've built with transfers, uh, with Coach Kevin Keats uh, adding some really talented guys from other programs. Of course, uh, Traquavion Smith leads away 17 points, three rebounds, and four assists. They added Jarkel Joiner. We've seen him in the SEC, also averaging 17 per game. DJ Burns has made a couple stops, uh, found a home with a Wolfpack, 12 points, and five boards. Big dude, 57% from the field. He scores a lot of his buckets at close range. And Casey Morcell, averaging 12 per game with four boards. So... Uh, that That's an interesting team to watch. I saw them in Chicago uh, against Vanderbilt back in December. And one thing you notice when you watch them play, they are a high-volume shooting team. They launch it from everywhere, from three-point land, and it's working out well for them.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's incredible. They're 4-1 and one against the other North Carolina schools from the ACC, including a win over uh, Duke and North Carolina. They still have a, a game at Duke to go. But right now, they're, they're sitting pretty as opposed to UNC, which this is incredible to me. They're, they're the team that most of us thought was preseason number one. They're 17-11, and 9-8 in the league, 0-9 in NCAA quad one games. But NC State, on the other hand, you know, Kevin Keats was everybody's hot seat darling, you know. And it just goes to show you, how impactful the portal can be. I just heard last night, I was watching a bunch of games, but South Carolina and Alabama and Lamont Paris, the South Carolina coach had told the announcers that he was just going to heavily stock up on the portal this year. He did it a little bit last year. Didn't have that much time, but that's what NC state did. And you look at Jarkel Joyner. uh, He was at Ole Miss. He's from Oxford, but he must have known what was coming. He got out before the getting was good. Uh, poor Ole Miss and Kermit Davis, I think they're 2-13 and 13 in the SEC. They haven't won since December 17th. And now Joyner's averaging almost 17 and almost 5 boards at 6-1. And uh, you mentioned uh, uh, volume shooting between uh, Terquavion Smith and Jarquel Joyner. They've been to the free throw line 242 times between them, but they've also jacked up 371 threes between them.
0: (laughs) That's a lot of threes. And then D.J. Burns,
1: I cannot believe D.J. Burns. Um, He got run off at Tennessee because, you know, you got to work hard if you're at Tennessee. And then he goes to Winthrop and and does pretty well. Uh, And I think he's player of the year in the Big South. Then he transfers to NG State, and, I mean, he looks like one of those guys that you would see in in a uh, uh, pickup game on the blacktop somewhere. You know, he's way out of shape, maybe not cardiovascularly, but he's way bigger than he ever was at at Winthrop and, and, and Tennessee. But he's dealing. You know, he's averaging 12 and a half and five boards. Uh, he was a big factor in last night's win over Wake, and uh, he just, you can't get around him. I don't know how much he weighs or what he's listed at, but he is a mountain of a dude, and and yet he's still nimble and can score in the post, so those two transfers have really helped NC State, and Devin Keats is a Rick Patino disciple, so they're going to run, and they're going to shoot threes, and and uh, it's good to see some coaches saving their job. We, all, we talked about Chris Collins at Northwestern last week, and uh, I think he steered them to their second-ever NCAA yep. appearance. So uh, after losing some people to the portal and, and gaining a couple back, it, it just, it's hard to keep up anymore. I, I saw a headline. I didn't read the story of an article that the most important position uh, on a basketball team, not my college team, might now be general manager uh, <laughs> That's probably or, or some truth such to that. name. Yep. Yeah. So it's, you know, between the portal and NIL, uh, it's crazy to keep up with the comings and goings, but NC state's definitely a, one of the good stories of, of this crazy year
0: yeah no doubt about it and they really take care of the ball i saw a stat on espn that in acc play they only have turnovers on 12 percent of their possessions and that's the best in eight years among power conference teams going back to 2015 wisconsin they'll play clemson on saturday a they'll great be at duke on tuesday and uh, yeah i thought that was really interesting uh i guess they as i used to say when i played pickup ball my friends would get on my case because they felt like i was a bit of a gun but i said you know what I'm going to shoot it before it gets stolen, and so maybe that's uh, NC State's philosophy. There. <laughs>
1: something, something to that. You, you got to, you can't have a wasted possession. Yeah, that's what coaches say. You cannot. I'd rather you shoot a 40-footer, you know, with 28 seconds on the clock than throw it away. And it, especially if it leads to a layup on the other end. So yeah, there's. You're right. That's that's a good point. That's probably cut down on the turnovers. <laughs>
0: that, that's right. Uh, Saturday games, uh, important ones in the SEC, Arkansas at Alabama, Texas A&M at Mississippi State and Auburn at Kentucky. Also, you have Missouri at Georgia, South Carolina Tennessee. Florida plays at Vanderbilt. Uh, LSU will be at Ole Miss. And then uh, other places, Texas at Baylor. That will be a big national game. St. Mary's at Gonzaga. Will we have a changing of the guard out in the West Coast Conference? Northwestern, you mentioned them playing at Maryland on Sunday. So uh, a few of the top games coming up this weekend. Really emotional scene in East Lansing the other night. Uh, Michigan State beat Indiana, eighty to sixty five, and it was a little over a week after that just terrible shooting on campus. Uh, Tom Izzo had a lot weighing on him. I, Chris, I thought that was a really powerful scene when he came off the floor. He was met by Mel Tucker and some of the others uh, at Michigan State. Uh, uh, that 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 was really something to see.
1: It, it was, and you know, uh, Tom gave a impassioned speech after a few days after it happened. And, you know, he has a a son there and and he, he said, you know, I don't like Michigan state. I don't love Michigan state. I am Michigan state. You know, it's, it's a part of of everything that he is and lives and breathes and gosh, I don't know when these census shootings are going to end, but as a college professor myself, uh, the other day I, I pulled up and, students were evacuated from the building across from where I teach and there were police cars. And I thought, Oh God, no, please don't let it be. And it turns out that's where the chemistry department is. And that some student must've messed up and set a little fire. <laughs> uh, but the fire department came and put it out. I was, I was so relieved, but yeah. Uh, I love coaches. Oh, uh, for his passion, uh, for his integrity and, and, and just, who he is and he's such a part of college basketball long may he coach and long may he live.
0: And, I, and I've talked to a couple of people that have known him over the years and, and they say he is uh, whatever you see in the public eye that he's even better off the court and uh, just spend time with him. It, oh,
1: he gives blue ribbon. Uh, and we, we know them and, and, and I know uh, his SID max, he's a great guy, but he gives us an hour. Hmm. I mean, you, you talk about, a Mount Rushmore program, a Mount Rushmore coach gives us an hour of his time, and and most coaches do talk to us. There's a couple that don't uh, out of 365 or whatever, but yeah, he's always he appreciates what we do, and he actually gave us the little plug. EA Sports years ago did a a cool video. Bill Self was on there, Bruce Pearl, and and uh, and and Coach Izzo, and they blew ribbon a plug, so. I mean, I'm always going to be in his corner, and I, I hate to see the what happened there. Uh, our prayers go out to the, the victims and and to the people who remain, because yeah. you're never going to be the same after something like that happens. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, I can speak from not the similar experience, but having survived that plane crash, you're just never the same. You as much as you try not to think back on it, sometimes you do, and and, and you know. In my case, I'm just lucky to be here, and and that's what I think about. But traumatic stuff like that happens. It's hard to shake.
0: Chris, our guest this week, uh, this is really interesting stuff. And if you love the sports reference websites, you're going to enjoy uh, hearing from Sean Foreman. Uh, He started these websites. He launched the baseball site all the way back in 2000 and really has expanded, including basketball. Sean, what's going on?
2: Uh, It's great to be here. Thank you for having me here today. Your website uh,
1: is, and and I've produced Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook, as you know, and it's obviously a monstrous undertaking. Your website is the most important website to me uh, as I edit and also write quite a bit of the book. I just don't know what I'd do without it. Uh, It's free, uh, but I'd pay uh that's the biggest compliment i could give you i'd pay for it and i just the first thing i wanted to ask you i know you've got a phd in applied mathematical and computational sciences from iowa how did you use your education and your love of sports to hit on this idea for these great websites
2: Yeah. So it's, uh, I, I, you know, I, I appreciate all that. That's great to hear. And, and I, I have to stress, it's really a huge group effort at this point. We've got, we've got a team of 30, so it's, it's certainly not just me, uh, every day, uh, slaving, um, laboring away in front of the computer, but, um, we, um, uh i i always my dad was a high school football coach actually in iowa and so i always loved statistics i would sort my baseball cards by how many home runs the players hit and then i would (laughs) help my dad compile the tackle chart when he uh you know when i was in elementary school and and math was always my favorite subject and and so numbers always came very um you know, very easily, easily to me, and and uh, was something I was always interested in, and and I, uh, you know, I just kind of kept doing it, and it, one thing led to another, and I was in graduate school, and thought, you know, there was this database of baseball stats that was available called the Lahman Database, uh, late '90s, early 2000. I thought, you know, this would be really cool on a website. And because uh, you could click from player to player, you could go from team to team and, you know, a book, the old baseball encyclopedias, which are like 12 inches thick. You you know, you have to thumb through a thousand pages to get from one player to the next. And so it, it really just came out, out of that. And and then, you know, that concept worked really well. And um, um, a friend of mine, Doug Grennan, who's a professor uh, at Sawana University, um, he started the football site later that year late 2000. And then uh, Justin Gabacco joined us and he started the basketball site. Uh, and then from there, you know, the company kind of grew over time. And so we added college sports, uh, added hockey. We briefly had an Olympic site. Uh, now we have soccer. So it's, it's, you know, things just it's kind of just one foot after the another. And, and, uh, you know, all the stuff we did 20 years ago is still re- relevant today. And so it, uh, for us,
1: you know, I'll tell you where it really helps me with the advent of the portal and the no transfer when I see that a kid is transferred, I immediately go to your site. I'll give you an example. Uh, I I wrote the Chattanooga story uh, for Blue Ribbon this year, and they're coached by Dan Earl, whose team's uh, BMI often led the nation in three-point shooting uh, attempts and makes. And so every kid that, that transferred in there, I immediately went to your site looking specifically at their three-point uh, history and you've got every season Whether or, 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 and, and right. sure enough every kid that they sign uh, was a three point shooter and what's really cool is that you list them uh, by school and at a glance you can see some of these kids have played at four schools three schools so again uh, kudos to you and your team because it, without that tool I'd
2: blue ribbon uh, and me would be diminished. Right. Well, I, I, you know, hearing from professionals like yourself is always very gratifying. So I, I know when I, when I'm at, if I'm in a baseball press box, I see, I see a lot of people with baseball reference open and, and that always feels, feels really good. So, you know, we, um, you know, we've got, you know, I, th- I think for us, the big thing is, is obviously we want to cover the current seasons like you're covering, but we also try to provide a lot of historical depth. And so, College basketball side. There's a gentleman, Dave Quinn, who's just kind of sent like he's like a college basketball nut, and he's just sent us a huge amount of historical data. And so, data you see back to the '60s and '70s and '50s uh, often comes from just somebody you know, people like us who love college basketball or love sports in general and want want to share that information and and uh, and have the broad have it available to the broader audience.
0: Sean Foreman is our guest from Sports Reference. Uh, you most recently started a site for women's college basketball, correct? Right.
2: Yeah, so we, yeah, so that that actually uh, launched last week, weeks ago now. And, and, and so uh, it, it's really, it's not necessarily a new site. It's actually part of the college basketball site. So we now just have a college basketball site that, that covers both men's and women's game. Uh, and so that, yeah, that was a big undertaking. We, um, you know, we, we have been able to launch back to the 2009-10 uh, th- season. Uh, we're hoping to get back to the 2002-2003 season uh, you know, relatively soon. Uh, and then hopefully take it all the way back to like 81-82 when, uh, when the N- women started playing in, in the NCAA. And so that was um, – You know, we uh, obviously the women's game is growing, uh, you know, pretty dramatically. I think, and interest in the journey uh, is growing uh, dramatically. And so, you know, that's part of the reason we wanted to do it. We also feel like, you know, we've got the men's side covered. We should be covering the women's side as well. There's no reason not to. It's, it's, uh, you know, and that was a decision uh, we made uh, last year. And it took us about we had about five people working on that for six months to get that up and running. And there are all kinds of things. You know, we moved a few of the men's pages into new directories, you know, men's women like that. Uh, But it's, um, you know, pretty much most of the plumbing we have before works. And, and so it was, uh, you know, it was a fairly relatively easy lift uh, for us that rather than other than creating an entirely new site but we're really excited about it and um, you know i hope people all the tools we have on the men's side we've got on the women's side too that was very important to us that we you know we have like for like coverage for everything we do all the advanced stats all the game logs all the box scores all that stuff
0: and i was going to ask you about advanced stats how have you learned to incorporate the advanced metrics in addition to the more traditional stats really talking about basketball or, or anything
2: else yeah, we, we um, so we know that we have a very broad audience, uh, and so we're not uh, we're not out here going to kind of push the most advanced metrics front necessarily. Um, you know, I, I I tell the team that we want to be like at the eighty fifth percentile, eightieth percentile or so, uh, and and we're really cognizant of providing the context to what's going on and, and and really answer questions users might have um and so you know a stat like Windshares shares uh or bpm that we have on the site um you know is really designed to say how how much is this player contributing beyond average an average player um you know at the pro level or at the college level uh and and, and so it really um tries to take in the different inputs that a player has and, and map those onto, uh, onto the value they're providing. Um, and so it's it's really about the, those that context. Uh, the other thing we do, we have a lot of uh, playing time adjusted stats, like per 40 minute. I think it's on the college side, it's per 40 minutes uh, stats. So you can look at, you know, Maybe a person is reserved now, but if they're going to get a starting uh, position, what would it look like if they were playing, you know, a lot more minutes than what they had previously? Uh, and so, those are all things we've kind of copied from the that kind of started on the pro site that we brought over to the college site as well.
1: Sean, I read an interview with you where you said that you all have between 17 and 20 million monthly users. Could you have ever
2: imagined that it would <laughs> grow to? <laughs> That's uh, absolutely crazy. not. I when I launched it, it was kind of just a fun. I I was avoiding my PhD dissertation, and uh, (laughs) and and, and, and so it was kind of a fun. I thought I thought it'd be cool. I I thought you know, I actually launched it like right around when the first internet was popping, and so things were just you know the stock market had just dropped like seventy five percent or whatever. And and I I, I joke, I friend and I joked that if I had started the site like a year earlier, I'd be Mark Cuban right now. But um, you know. It, it turned out okay uh and so yeah it's it's been it's uh, it's really been about you know we have a lot of good people working for us and you know every day we try to put out good stuff and i, th- I think our reputation has built over time and and people's uh understanding of what of the value we can provide has grown over time
0: sean Foreman is our guest from sports reference uh, I, i'm sure everybody probably has their their favorite part of your websites for for me it's the box scores and I was thinking a while back, I think it was after Tom Seaver passed away, I was thinking, oh, I saw him pitch for the Reds against the Braves in a game that I I thought was in 1982. I knew about the general time frame. So I right. went back, I went to the season, and, and I found the game. And within about 20 seconds, I was looking at the box score. To me, that's just remarkable. Do, do you find that right. everybody, though, has a has yeah. a part of it that they enjoy the most?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I uh, yeah, definitely stuff like that. I I've thought about uh, um, like there's a local uh, like a fall fair that's around our near our house. And I thought it would be fun to set up a table and just look up people's first games that they attended. Uh-huh. Uh, I've like done that, before. too. Print out <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so there's stuff like that. There's you know, we have the, the uh, headshots on the front of the page and I know people will come every day and try to identify as many players uh, for the headshots. Uh, games like that, or, or, you know, people, I think John Boy uh, uh, YouTube channel had a game where, you know, they'll give you two players and you have to get from player A to player B in the fewest number of clicks and stuff like that. Um, so it, it, that's, that's been fun that there's kind of this ecosystem that's grown, grown around it and, and, and people enjoy that.
1: It's pretty cool, Sean. You're between, Kevin's in Nashville and I'm in Chattanooga, so you're midway between us right now right. at the University of the South in Sewanee. Tell us why you're there and the project that you're going to talk about.
2: Yeah, so two summers ago, we uh, so two years ago now, Major League Baseball and and, and uh, some other organizations, um, guys, we have we've been doing a disservice to the Negro League players. We, uh, you know, we we I think you know there are many Negro League players in the Hall of Fame, but we weren't we weren't. Really uh, acknowledging the fact that they were playing in, the, in one of the top leagues of baseball in the United States um, or anywhere in the world uh, at that time. And, and, and therefore they should really be considered major league players on the equivalent with Stan Musial and Joe DiMaggio. And, uh, and so, you know, major league baseball in December of 2020 announced they were going to, uh, they wanted to make this recognition and, and, you know, kind of, kind of write an overdue, uh, overdue, a, uh, 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 Oh, it was an overdue reckoning, right at a previous wrong. And so we, uh, you know, we obviously baseball references, you know, are probably our number one site. And so it was important for us to, uh, to add those Negro League stats into the, uh, into the site. And so it was, it was a long pride. It's probably the biggest single project we've done uh, at Sports Reference. I think we had like 12 people working for seven or eight months uh, on that. And in, in June of 2021, we were able to launch um you know, basically relaunch our baseball site with Negro Leagues included from 1920 to 1948, uh, you know, wow. equally on par with the white major leagues. And and, uh, and so I'm here, here uh, to give a talk about that, and kind of explain the, a little bit of the history. Uh, I was at dinner last night and one of the younger professors uh, here really didn't know anything. You know, he was a baseball fan. But really didn't know anything about the uh about the negro leagues and you know didn't understand that like jackie Robinson had played professional baseball yeah. prior to playing for the dodgers and stuff and so um so that that was a um you know i think it's going to be an interesting talk and, and i hope a lot of people show up and and uh, hopefully hopefully uh, get a little more information about it
0: sean we love the websites thank you so much for the time and all the best
2: yeah i i do want to do want to tell one more thing you mentioned paying us for pro basketball, you can actually go in and you can search for like, which player is the last player to have 20 points, 20 rebounds and five assists in a game, right. For wow. all of NBA history. Yeah. And, or who had the most points over a uh, 10 game span in a particular season, things like that. And so one of the things we're, we're going to do this summer, and we, we have a few tools on, uh, on, uh, college basketball site under the play index directory that allows you to search for like, you know, 20 point per game scores and things like that. But we're going to add all of those tools, all the college basketball stats into those tools. And so you will be able to do full searches on, you know, our full history of college basketball. And I I think that'll be a a, a tool and and probably, probably wear out for us. We we should probably reach out to you to test it actually.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'd love to. How, how does that work? Is
2: it just sort of like a Google search? You can type in a specific question. Well, not yet. We're uh, I think with all this AI hubble blue, we're probably heading in that direction. We're not there yet. It's yeah. more we have a we have a form that you fill out. You say I want these years. I want these conferences. I want um, this position. I want you know these. Uh, I want freshmen. You know, stuff. and then you uh, hit submit, and it prints out a list of uh, players for you
1: you need some help you just call me because i have a ton of things i
2: I need to know (laughs) all right all right we will uh, i'll put you in touch i'll put my uh i'll put our product manager in touch with you and uh he'll definitely i'm happy to help
1: i again uh, can't tell you how much uh your site means to me and, and my book all right well that's great to hear
2: thank you very much
0: appreciate it sean thanks for the time
2: all right thank you both
0: that was Sean Foreman from Sports Dash Reference. And uh, I think anybody who loves sports and looking at numbers and all those things have probably uh, visited one or more of his websites over the years. And he was talking about looking up your first game and, and those sorts of things. And I've absolutely done that. I've looked up no telling how many baseball games that I've been to and just looked at the yeah. box scores. Because I, I can remember – it's funny, I, I couldn't tell you much about a game I went to last season, but I can tell you almost everything about a game I went to 40 years ago <laughs> because all that stuff was larger than life back then and it didn't have this accumulation yes. of, of games. And so I, I know the general time frames for a lot of games that I've been to, especially when I was a kid, and I've been able to look them up and look at the box score, and then then more of these things about the games come flooding back that you you'd almost forgotten – the first Reds game I saw was Reds and Phillies in July of 1980 and was Mario Soto against Steve Carlton. And I, I knew about when the game was, I knew it was a three, two game. I, I can remember the scores and that helps when you're trying to narrow it down and actually find the box score. So I've gone back and looked at that one more than once. And to see the players who were on those teams is remarkable. And that Phillies yeah. team went on to win the world series that year. And that's when Pete Rose played for the Phillies and they had Mike Schmidt and, and you know, obviously Steve Carlton and all those uh, great players on that championship team. And, as far as basketball i've been able to use it in doing some research on uh these segments i do for vanderbilt Uh, this week in vanderbilt history i'll go back and and look up some team from say the 90s or 80s and uh, you're able to find that stuff pretty fast and find details about the teams and players and things so the websites are are fantastic and again uh, you can really uh, spend a lot of time looking at stuff and uh, (laughs) next thing you know we've spent about 30 minutes on there but uh, it always feels like time well spent you know
1: no, it's, it's like a YouTube rabbit hole for me. <laughs> it really and, is. And I wasn't just, you know, pumping him up because he was on the show. I, I really mean it. That, that site, to me, uh, verbalcommits.com is another key site. i got to mention them. But, but that site, to me, it's incredible. And what they do, they list a player's uh, averages, and they list his stats by totals then they list by per 40 minutes. And I'll tell you what, you can drag all kinds of cool stuff out of there. And especially with the portal, you can see at a glance, like I told Sean, you can see, oh, this kid's played for four different schools, or this kid's working on his fifth school. And it's, it's really incredible. I just don't know how, especially with that Negro League project, and I'm really a fan of, of the negro leagues and you know guys the legendary uh, legends like cool papa bell and josh gibson, and all those guys yeah. and uh yeah josh gibson and uh but i don't know how they go back and find that stuff i know the sporting news ran every major league box score for, for every year of their existence but i don't know how you find that negro league stuff but it, it's a tremendous endeavor i I'd teach today myself or I would be headed up to Saloni to catch that talk of his.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I was thinking the same thing for women's basketball. He was talking about expanding that and going back more years. If you go back very far, I think even into the seventies, you're not going to have super reliable stats and information about that sport. So I got to think that's that's some kind of project to try to uh, to define stuff that's actually accurate and and pretty reliable to put on the website. But really appreciate Sean uh, joining us uh, for a little bit again, Sean Foreman from Sports Reference. Chris, a fun story as we finish up our podcast today: Uh, a guy named Craig Caswell. His goal was to see every Division One men's basketball team in person, and over more than twenty years over 400 games and 131 venues boy that that's yeah. uh, some kind of journey there to try to see everybody
1: it, it really is and what what happened and and i immediately i i had to look because I, I said is this guy a blue ribbon reader so i looked in our database and he is uh he bought this year's digital edition to help him along his way i was going to give him a book if he wasn't a if he didn't know about us. But I figure somewhere along that quest, he probably saw a blue ribbon in the hands of somebody. But uh, it's cool. At the start of this season, he was 12 teams shy of his quest. Uh, He he knocked out Lindenwood, which is one of five schools making the transition Mm -hmm. this year. In in early November. Yep. Then he sees Kansas for the first time. You think in in 21 years, he hadn't seen Kansas. Then he made trips to Dallas and the Bay Area for games, drove to Indiana to watch Stonehill, another Division I newbie, and then he caught Valparaiso before Christmas. This month, he flew to San Antonio. He saw Abilene Christian uh, play San, uh, Sam Houston State. That left American as his only school that he had not seen. So he just went to D.C. to catch American and he said it was fitting because he works for the government and, and uh uh I think the Air Force, he's a civilian working for the Air Force. And but I, I just thought what a great thing. I I've probably forgotten all the D one teams I've seen. Uh but uh I know he's got me beat on venues. And I was wondering, you're probably right up there with with him on venues, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I, I think I've seen somewhere and call games in somewhere in the one thirty to one forty range. And as far as actually seeing division one teams, I, I gotta think I've probably seen two hundred uh, over over the years. I, I would be interested to go back and count those up. and there's probably some that I just can't even remember. Uh, but I tell you where you you can see some teams that you don't normally see if you go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, yeah. b- Because you, you think about it, you go to those first and second rounds. There's eight teams there, and a lot of those teams are not ones that you know. They might be from different parts of the country or places or teams you just don't see very often wherever you live. And uh, I always think that's pretty interesting. But yeah, as far as venues, probably in the the one thirty to one forty range. I try to count them up sometimes, and then I, I can't ever really figure out a- accurately a- the exact number. I did add one to the list last night. Uh, Vanderbilt played at LSU. Game didn't go especially well for the Commodores, uh, <laughs> in, in, ending the five game win streak. But it was really cool to uh, do a game at the Pete Maravich Assembly Center, which was the last place in the SEC that I, that I had not done a game from. I'd been to LSU a few times, had been there for football a couple times, and uh, I'd done baseball at Alec Box Stadium a couple of years back, but not basketball. And I was thinking, going all the way back to like late 70s early 80s i'd watch tv i'd watch games on tv from there for over 40 years Uh, my dad and i would watch games back when they had the old tartan floor with the big state of louisiana in the middle and you you think about all those players that play there i was thinking about like seeing like jose vargas and and Nikita wilson and then you know ricky blanton and don redden on that uh, final four team at 86 and all the way up through shack and chris jackson and all those dudes uh, and I actually saw Dale Brown at the game last night. I, I was walking to just go get uh, a, a soft drink before the game, and I actually passed Dale Brown standing there by the court, and he was taking pictures of people. And uh, just, just, I mean, just this whole flood of memories came back of all these games I've seen in that place uh, on TV, but never until last night I could hear Joe Dean in the back of my mind saying the deaf dome no question tom <laughs> when, when it was, string, music. string music you know it'd be you know, tom hammond from and joe baton dean rouge. from baton rouge on tbs and uh oh, that, that's so cool it man. was so it was really fun to just sit there and do a game in, in that building and well, uh,
1: everybody's got their traditions and craig gave a quote uh to the washington post that i wanted to read he said traveling around to these games it's almost like being led into a special tribe for a single night. It's welcome to our tribe. We'll show you how we do it. We'll show you our traditions. We'll show you what's important to us. He says, I love that the majority of division one toils away outside the spotlight, but North Carolina, a and T basketball is just as important to the folks there as Carolina basketball is at UNC. And you know, he's right. Uh, you look, I've been with you to Belmont games and they've got their tradition, uh, they sing Neil Diamond at halftime, right? So
0: happy together. That, that's what it is. Yep. Yeah.
1: Happy together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but that's a cool tradition. And everybody's got a different way of doing things. And, you know, uh, I was going to, I've actually written him up an email and invited him on the show. I, I hope he comes on because you guys could have a great conversation about some of the remote places you've been.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking I, I've been everywhere from, from Carter Gym at Campbell, which held like 938 to, you know, the, the biggest venues it can have. And I, I've never been to Syracuse. That's one I've not been to. But you think about, like, the, the big buildings, Rupp Arena and uh, Thompson Bowling Arena and, you know, and and Fayetteville, Bud Walton, and then, gosh, all the way out west. I mean, I've been to Kansas, I've been to Poly Pavilion, I've been to all those, you know, the places in North Carolina, Carolina, Duke, and all of that. Um, it, it's been such a special journey, and it's fun to to – read and hear about somebody like craig caswell and and just making that trip around and and he's really right uh the the big famous ones that you see all the time are neat but it's the smaller ones are cool too i mean i've been to all these remote outposts to do games and things and it's just crazy to to think about some of these places but that's a neat story and uh we'll uh finish our show today uh talking about uh, his journey to see all the division one teams in person i don't know if i'll ever be able to see them all but i've seen a whole bunch of them and and chris i know you have too
1: I, I have. And it's funny. He, he wanted to end his journey seeing a team at home. So he got to see American at home, but there's a funny little story. Um, uh, he hasn't been to Hawaii. Yet. He's seen Hawaii because they played one. at <laughs> Illinois. Yeah. And his wife wants him to go to Hawaii, but uh, there's quite a list uh, where you've got him. He hasn't been to Pauley. He hasn't been to Allen field house. Uh, he hasn't been to Madison square garden. So, uh, I've not been you've got you've not been to the garden no Uh, I've came up a game short
0: twice in the NIT
1: (laughs) uh, including last year including
0: last year that's right
1: but uh yeah um this is the cool this is a cool little story and like I said I I hope he uh sees our email and wants to join us on our podcast he's a working man though so he may not be able to tape when we tape but uh we'll see
0: all right Chris always a lot of fun man appreciate it
1: appreciate you buddy
0: He's Chris Dorch. I'm Kevin Ingram. That is the Blue Ribbon College Basketball Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.